Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you for rejoining us. And what a fantastic live segment we just had with Dr. Lisa Johnson, the clinical psychologist from Sydney, Australia, talking about the health of Julian Assange. He is very much in jeopardy as we speak. It's a very serious issue. Now, our next guest is on the ground right now in South America. Uh, he's a writer. He is an author, a best-selling author of note. There's a link to some of his books on our show page right now. His name is Andre Vilcek, and he is on the live link from Santiago, Chile. Hello, Andre. Hello, Patrick. Nice to be back. Great to have you back, and uh, it's only been a week, Andre, and we really need another update because uh, we see what's happening in Chile right now, but obviously the field has expanded a bit in South America uh, with major mass unrest in, in Colombia, of all places. I didn't see that coming, and I wanted to get your, your take on what's happening in Colombia and the geopolitical implications of that, but also an update on Bolivia as well, and of course, where you're at right now in Chile. Uh, but uh, yeah, just walk us through these these three sort of hot spots right now. Uh, well, yes, uh, it's extremely difficult now to cover the continent because something is happening all the time: new uh, uh, uprisings, uh, new uh, uh, actually brutality of uh, security forces. Uh, uh, it is uh, in Colombia, uh, it was uh, expected and in, uh, unexpected at the same time, because uh, Colombia is another neoliberal uh, uh, stronghold uh, like Chile. It was never as successful, of course, as Chile uh, for the for the big business, because uh, Colombia is known for uh, uh, its... Uh, Great disparities between the between the rich and poor. There is a civil war going on for many decades. Countries uh, uh, also known for uh, drug cartels uh, uh, and uh, for extremely brutal uh, oppression of the of the popular. Uh, uh, uprisings and uh, uh, protests. So what we see now is uh, actually uh, the uh very powerful reaction from the part of the state uh the borders are uh, uh colombian borders are closed uh the uh, the only borders uh, we, uh through which people can enter are the airports uh because the river transportation uh between uh, uh, be- between colombia and its neighbors uh, has been uh uh shut down uh, the land borders are closed they're, they're afraid of uh, they say that the, the state says that they are uh, uh, afraid of the infiltration into the country but uh, like in chile we see uh, an outrage of the of the people with the social uh, uh, situation uh people are dying uh, three, so far three uh, protesters died uh, and also uh, three police officers uh, were killed uh, by uh, uh, the attack on the police post uh, in Cucuta state which is known for its uh, uh, narco mafias but it's and which is relatively close to ecuador uh, this is not uh, 
going to end, obviously. I'm going to uh, Bogota. I'm changing my plans. Uh, in about one uh, week, I will be flying to Bogota and then to La Paz, uh, Bolivia, because this is very serious uh a very serious situation. The misery in Colombia is incredible. I worked there on many occasions, and uh, uh, although the West again is very uh, much supportive of the uh, of the government uh, for many reasons, the situation, social situation, is just terrible. Uh, Colombia has uh, been used by the United States. Uh, they are. Uh, supposed to have the first NATO basis, believe it or not, on the territory of South America. Also, um, Colombia is used uh, to intimidate uh, neighboring Venezuela. Uh, and uh, therefore, uh, it has very good uh, reputation in Washington, London, and uh, other Western capitals. On the other hand, uh, if you really analyze the situation there, the social situation particularly, and uh, not to speak about uh, uh, the human rights, that uh, favorite uh, uh, human rights of, of the West, uh, there is no country uh, in the region where the, uh, the human rights uh, uh, are being violated uh, uh, in such uh, uh, incredible, uh, on such an incredible level. As in Colombia, and I might, I might add, Andre, the U.S. have nine bases, nine military bases in in the country of Colombia. It's not a very big country physically, but they have nine military facilities there. And so, if if the if there was some sort of incident or let's say instability in a country like Colombia, or this spread to Venezuela, or you had some kind of problem between the two countries, which we saw almost happen earlier this year. And but the U.S. can't can't intervene directly, but they have the facilities in Colombia for an international quote peacekeeping force or some kind of international deployment to help to, I guess, alleviate humanitarian concerns, etc. Use your imagination. What what, what are the prospects of that happening? Uh, right now? Well, uh, the prospects are always there. Uh, you mentioned the military bases, yes, and there is expansion uh, also uh, to NATO. Uh, Colombia is intimidating Venezuela uh, uh, with great uh, force. I mean, they are uh, uh, allowing, they were allowing uh, uh, the Western implant Guaido, uh, who uh, self-declared himself uh, an interim president, they allow him on its territory. Guaido was uh, uh, basically uh, 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 taking photo uh, sessions uh, with the paramilitaries, with the deadly paramilitaries. It's all arranged, prearranged. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, Venezuelan uh, opposition goes to the bridges uh, uh, that uh, form the border between two uh, countries. And, of course, there is uh, all sorts of infiltration uh, from Colombia uh, to Venezuela. But it's uh, now it's actually a very interesting situation because we will see what... Uh, 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 how we, we just had, uh, we experienced absolutely brutal and terrible coup against Evo Morales in Bolivia, and uh, thirty people died uh, so far. Uh, president is in uh, uh, Mexico where he received political asylum. 
And the West was uh, talking all the time, the mass media, about the human rights violations, human rights violations by Evo. There were actually no human rights violations to speak of before before the coup, but it was uh, set up this way. Uh, and uh, the uh, Russian in- international Russian intel chief, uh, yesterday went public saying that they have a clear information. Sputnik was uh, carrying Russian press agency. Sputnik was covering uh, uh, covering the story, claiming that uh, uh, Russian intel chief actually uh, has clear information that uh, the coup in Vene- uh, in uh, Bolivia was uh, set up uh, by the West. So uh, imagine uh, now in Colombia, this is so interesting because the the human rights are being violated, people are dying, but uh, nobody is talking about it in the West. And if you go to the uh, like British Yahoo uh, news, uh, all the uh, information about what is happening in Colombia is being postponed. I'm checking periodically mass media just so I can get two sides of the story and uh, they're carrying old news, like a day one day, two days, uh, three days old. Uh, so um, they don't want to really show that in the countries like Colombia or in Chile, where I am right now, the violation of human rights is on the level that is absolutely unimaginable in the socialist countries like Bolivia before the uh, before uh, Evo was uh, overthrown. So it's very interesting to uh, see where is this going to lead. Of course, I have very close contacts uh, on the ground in Bogota, so I will be reporting for 21st Wire uh, uh, from there very soon. But So we'll get uh, first-hand information. But it is definitely not the mass media in the West that is, uh, that is really uh, covering the story properly. And I want to just uh, back up what you said earlier about the coup in Bolivia. Uh, we have a, a report posted at 21stCenturyWire.com. The headline is, Facts Now Reveal How the OAS, the Organization for American States, Lied About the Bolivian, quote, election irregularities. And there we link to a report which has been released by the Center for Economic and Policy Research. This is just one of many reports out there which show that there were uh, no election irregularities. Those claims by the OAS, by the U.S. government, by other states, by Brazil, were false. There were it was, no, all, it was yeah. all set up. It was all set up. And, uh, you know, Patrick, uh, what is very scary about being here in this continent, which was my home for many, many years, and I'm back uh, here now, what is very scary is that there is absolute impotence when these things happen. What can we do? What are we going to do? Everybody knows that uh, the coup was uh, uh, created by the U.S., that it was uh, Organization of American States, uh, uh, which is uh, controlled by Washington, actually, uh, lied. It uh, provided false information. They overthrew democratic president, uh, democratically elected president, the greatest president probably in, on the territory, arguably after uh, Chavez, you know, in South America. But what are we going to do? And you see already things that I don't like to see at all, and even our allies like Lula uh, yesterday spoke about, uh, yes, it was a coup, it was terrible, but Evo should not have run for for the fourth term, you know. And it's very disturbing because it's, this, uh, this is besides the point. 
You see, the Constitution, they always say, well, it uh, ever changed the Constitution. It was not really the good move or move and so on. But what is Constitution? Constitution is a piece of paper which can be, uh, you know, uh, which people can rewrite if they want to. If they like the leader that they have, if they really like the system which they have, then Constitution is a secondary issue. It, it can be changed. It's not uh, some kind of a, it's not some kind of a religious uh, uh, document. It uh, and uh, it was changed, and now Evo is being accused of running for the fourth time. He won democratically elections, and people are holding against him actually that he was uh, running for the fourth time, it, it, despite the fact that uh, he uh, got uh, around sixty percent of the of the support in this. Uh, uh, so this is democracy. It's a democracy uh, according to. Uh, Bolivian uh, standards and culture and so on. Why should we stick to some kind of a democracy which uh, which is dictated uh, which is dictated from the West? But what we see now after what happened in Bolivia, uh, as you said very correctly, and as your reports are uh, uh, showing, there was a coup. Everybody agrees there is a there was a coup, but nobody can do anything, and nobody is willing to do anything, and that is the most uh, actually horrifying thing. Well, uh, I think the people of uh, Bolivia, uh, certainly the supporters, this this is a wake up call for uh, the MAS party, for the the people in Bolivia, for the indigenous communities as well that uh, that that elevated Morales into into power uh you know so many years ago this is a, a major wake-up call but this is now cascading across the continent because what i find interesting about colombia andre is that there seems to be an expression of solidarity amongst the protesters for what's happening in chile for for what's happened in bolivia and in this kind of uh pushing back against uh u.s dictating you know, domestic policy in in these countries. I've seen this in the Colombian protests. I mean, what have you seen? How strong is that vein in in there? Uh, not in Chile, unfortunately. Uh, I'm uh, meeting the uh, leaders of the uprising. I meet, uh, uh, they th- there is too much preoccupation uh, with the uh, with what is happening in uh, uh, in Chile, in Colombia more. You're uh, you're correct, but what we have is a lack of solidarity really in uh, in Latin America. Uh, that has to definitely change because people cannot uh, def- one country obviously cannot defeat the uh, interventions uh, from uh, from the north. You see, the, the issues that, uh, that I know, I already noticed this in Ecuador when I was covering in Ecuador during the Korea uh, uh, presidency. And uh, what I saw in Bolivia was the same thing. Uh, Korea and uh, Evo made one great mistake, which was, of course, never made in Cuba or in Venezuela. They did not manage to inspire their military. Uh, they, uh, of course, the military in a country like Ecuador or Bolivia is corrupt. Uh, a lot of generals were trained in the United States. But uh, these people, but the same situation was in Venezuela before uh, Chavez came to power. So what Chavez did, 
he men and Cubans did. They inspired the military because these are also human beings. You know, they want money. They they can get corrupt. But also, if you really approach them and you say to them, "Look, you are. This is much bigger than money. You are fighting for Patria Grande. You are fighting for South America. You know this. You can really inspire many of them." So uh, after Chavez was uh, after Chavez died or was killed uh, or whatever, he left uh, the military. Uh, but it is now, and it stands uh, besides Maduro. It supports Maduro no matter what because they are on much bigger mission. Uh, in Ecuador, when I talked to the government officials uh, of uh, Korea, they were complaining uh, even uh, years ago. They said, "Look, I mean, it's a miracle that uh, they uh, there is no coup against Korea yet because the military is very." Uh, uh, much indecisive. They are with the West, they are with him, they, they they are not sure where they stand. And in Bolivia, it was the same thing. Evo did incredible things for the continent. Uh, the, the, the empowerment of the indigenous people. I know the country 20, 30 years ago. It was a total basket case, a racist. Uh, you know, they treated indigenous people like animals. I couldn't even get my photographers to the decent cafe uh, if they were not white. Uh, you know, and uh, but uh, what uh, happened is Evo couldn't inspire the military, who many of them are actually indigenous folks too. Uh, he didn't inspire them in a way to say, look, I mean, I know that you have this uh, history with the United States, but here we are building new South America. We are building South America for the uh, for the uh, indigenous people. We are rescuing we are, uh, our culture against the West, and people were raped, destroyed for centuries, you know, and this could actually, uh, there could be very important moment when the, the, the at least some generals uh, would say, look, yes, uh, uh, we are going to divorce ourselves from the Western uh, influence, and we are going to fight uh, for our people, uh, because they would feel that they are uh, on some kind of a great mission. But Evo, you know, Evo is a good kind, decent human being. He was really fighting for for better Bolivia. He didn't probably feel that, uh, you know, it's necessary to deal too much with the military. But unfortunately, unless we have a, uh, our back covered in South America by, uh, by uh, armed forces who are, you know, educated to understand what is actually happening during the process, during the revolution, then we are lost. And what happened in Bolivia is precisely that. They, Evo was betrayed uh, by the uh, by his own military. If the military would not go with the, West, uh, with the uh, U.S. and the organization of American states, we would not be in the situation in which we are right now. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's that side of things, and uh, that just opens up a whole another vantage point uh, to the sort of the inner workings of uh, power and government and uh, political and social movements in in South America, but also it, how they interface geopolitically. Andre Vilcek uh, is our guest, and we want to thank, thank you for this segment. Andre, there's a report uh, which is up on, we've just put on Twitter, but will be on Facebook soon. Uh, one of Andre's uh, short reports uh, from Santiago, Chile, and also talking about September 11th, 1973, which was a big date in Chile, a little historical context as well in that report. But uh, check out his work and also his articles and books. There's links on the show page 
Thank you very much, Andre Vilcek. Patrick, thank you so much, and we will talk very soon, I'm sure, again. Good luck with your, your travels and uh, your reportage, Andre, and we'll definitely speak to you very soon. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Andre Vilcek. You can check out his work at 21st Century Wire and also at New Eastern Outlook and a number of other outlets on the web. Uh, and we'll be speaking to him again shortly. We're going to take a short break. And uh, we're going to connect with our roving correspondent for culture and sport in Britain, Basil Valentine, on the other side. This is the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We'll be right back. 